When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Cleveland Browniacs, a show where two moderately intelligent guys attempt to make sense of the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browniacs podcast is a part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here are your hosts, Elliot Kennel and Joel Cade. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. We had a big holiday just came up here i hope you all had a great one had a great time and and now apparently you're back to listening to cleveland browns podcast because here we go getting ready to do another cleveland browns podcast looking forward to a couple things today we don't talk about the offensive line today we don't talk about the jets the j-e-t-s jets 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 but i want to start off with the early christmas present that santa gave me and that was the game last week against the houston texans and uh, get a chance, go back and listen to What the Elf Was That, where I talked about this for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, the early Christmas present I got was the fact that we had no kickers for a good portion of the game. And I've always wanted to see a game with no kickers. And I finally <laughs> got to watch one, right? I finally got to see a game with no kickers. And it, it was glorious. You even had the Anthony Bell out there doing a squib kick just as good as Corey Bohorko has a squib kick, and he then ran down and made a tackle and didn't get pl- didn't get hurt. So, you know, hey, uh, I think kickers are overrated. I don't think you need them. I-, I think you can just do with regular players, and they can come by and kick the ball. I know people disagree with me, and this is a controversial uh, thing to say the least. But, uh, hey, I'm all for uh, let's just eliminate kickers from the game. Like, change the rules to eliminate kicking like just just the beginning of the game start the ball at the 25 or the 20 whatever you want to start it at after touchdown start it at the 20 and then just go four plays and out i think it'd be a much more exciting and much better played game if you could just eliminate the entire special teams aspects of the whole situation so elliot you got any thoughts on the kickerless game um, you know, I, I do think it would be not a bad game. I, I'm not sure that I would want to play us with no kicker and the other team with a kicker. Dustin Hopkins has been a very big advantage for the Browns. He won four games, I think, with uh, kicks. Guy has uh, ice water in his veins. Uh, love the guy. Um, so but I would I think- like to say it was no disparagement against the current Browns kickers, except for Corey Bohorquez. I, I'm I'm disparaging him, but go well, ahead. Yeah, I I think you're overlooking the fact that he has some tremendous ability to kick special kind of balls that hard to handle balls and uh, deep balls, short ball. He can really tailor the kick to w- whatever you want. So I think he's yeah, I'm really- just looking at the uh, the. 12th in the league in terms of like net punt average. I mean, he can kick the ball 70 yards, but if they return at 30, what would he gain? Nothing. Well, but he hasn't done that, has he? Yes. Well, but you just said he's 12th in the league. So on the so, average, I mean, he's, he's, he's in the middle third of the league. 
Well, he's in the upper third of the league. 12th uh, upper, up, uh, upper third. 10, um, 10, 10, 10, and 10. So 12th yeah, is, so. you know, well, 12th he's is He's in the middle good. third. The middle third of the league. Well, all right. By the way, do, you know, do you know who leads the league in net, repert, net return average? Um, let's if see. You can listen to what the elf was that last Yeah, week, yeah, yeah, okay. I know exactly. Um, that was our left footed punter, the rugby guy, Jamie Gillen. Yes, hammer. Yeah, but of course, the Scottish Hammer is having his best season this year. He was not that good when he was playing with the Cleveland Browns, he was not that good with the New York Giants the past two seasons. And you know he what he's doing different good. this year? You know what he's doing different this year? What is that? What he's doing different this year is he's not out kicking his coverage. His average punt is about mm-hmm. 44 and a half yards. The net return, the net return average is 93 po- or 39.5 or 6, which means they average five yards of return. So what's happening here is he's kicking the ball 45 yards and he's getting a fair catch because the Giants lead the league in fair catches. And this makes him the most efficient punter in the league, which is mm-hmm. why when Hack goes out there, he is going to be an upgrade on Corey Bohorquez right from the start. Okay. Well, um, I, yeah, I think a lot of it is based on situations, certainly. But also, it's, um, it is special teams. It's not just the skills of the punter itself. I think it's, you have to look at special teams. I think that well, yes, probably this, this get deserve great credit for how their special teams are are performing. So I, I think this talks to a bigger issue, which is the bigger issue I have with the Browns special teams. I don't believe in the kick the ball as far as you can, then have your guys run down and cover the punt. That's pretty. Yeah, I will agree that that's a simplistic and not very bright way to conduct. And I don't believe in the kick the ball short and have your special have your special teams players on the kickoff run down and try to tackle them before they reach the 25 because you're going to get burnt just like they did last week. They got burnt by the way, they won the game. So good for us. It's just on the first time they ran down and they tried to do it. Or I don't know what it was. One of them, they kicked the ball short and then tried to run down and cover the kick. Hopkins gets hurt trying to play football player and running over and trying to make a tackle. Then the next time they kick off, Bohorquez does one of these squib kicks and they run down, try to make the tackle, and Bohorquez hurts himself. So let's not pretend that kickers are football players. Let's just call them for what they are. They're kickers, okay? And then you have to ask yourself, can we replace these kickers at a even level or even a more efficient level by just having someone like DeAnthony Bell run out there and squib kick, which I think he proved if you're going to squib kick it, you might as well just have a player squib kick it and move on. But this is my beef with quick kickers. So, Elliot, I know you wanted to talk about something else today. You wanted to talk well, about I got a lot, a lot of things that we can talk about. I think it, of course, starts with uh, Flacco Mania. Uh, I do have some stuff. Flacco Mania. Yeah, Flacco Mania. We love Joe. Uh, of course, we love Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, and I do have some stuff that we could uh, share on Joe. Let me just boot that up with the fabulous uh, share feature that we have with this. So one thing I like about Joe Flacco is that he's playing within the system. 
He's not trying to transcend the system. He's not trying to be something. Oh, he's perfect for the Stefanski offense. Coming in and he's playing the offense. He's playing the system. And then he elevates his game or elevates the offense and elevates the players around him by running the system first, then excelling in the the system. Yeah, I I came up with this interesting uh, stat. Is that appearing on your screen, Joe? Yeah, there we go. We got the stat. There we go. Okay, this is from... uh, Pro Football Focus in Cleveland uh, on Twitter. Since starting in week 13, again, this is, of course, without the benefit of training camp, it should be impossible. (laughs) But uh, no quarterback in the NFL has thrown for more yards, 1,321, or touchdowns than Joe Flacco. I find that absolutely mind-boggling, especially because the Cleveland Browns are playing with their, like, seventh-string offensive line. I mean, everybody's injured. Everybody's a substitute, it seems. But, you know, the passing attack has worked very well. We have not had the benefit of a strong rushing attack, much to my chagrin. I felt at the time that the formula for success would be to rely on the rushing attack uh, to just hold on to the ball, let the defense win the game. Instead, they've been really bold about uh, moving forward with the passing attack and throwing the ball 40 times a game, which is I thought was going to be suicide, frankly. I thought that is not possible. You can't have a 38-year-old guy come off the street, throw the ball 40 times a game, and win. I don't think Stefanski wants to do that in theory. I think he's much more comfortable with a run first offense, but they did not have the personnel available to execute it. And they said, well, Joe, let her rip. And he did. And the results have been a winning football team and a a much better offense than anybody had the right to expect. So I don't even know if Stefanski thought this was going to happen, but here it is. Yeah, probably not. I mean, you bring in Flacco who's played this offense plenty of times before. I mean, Baltimore used to run this offense when he was in Baltimore. They ran this offense with the Jets. With the fullback, certainly, yes. Mm-hmm. The three tight ends and all that cool stuff. How mm-hmm. is it happening? How do you get backup uh, offensive linemen to perform like first string? I don't get it. How You're an offensive lineman. How, does, uh, how do you get backup linemen to perform at this level? Well, when you have good quarterback play, your offensive line looks like it's doing a whole lot better than what it is. Let's put it that okay. way. When you have a quarterback who can see the open guy, who can knows where his dump offs are and hit the ball, hit the dump offs and get the ball out quickly on time, that makes your offensive line look better. When you have a quarterback that's not sure of their reads, not familiar with the system, not understanding what's happening on the football field, that's going to make your offensive line look worse than what it is. So right now, the Browns have a quarterback. It's making their offensive line look better than what it is. Okay, we talked a lot, especially in the preseason, we talked a lot about the zone blocking scheme and the influence of Bill Callahan on the Browns' offensive line and their blocking style. But what we're seeing is really a much better pass blocking defense, or excuse me, offensive line than uh run blocking they're better at pass blocking than run blocking could it be that bill callahan deserves a great deal of credit for what's going on and a lot of the twitter traffic is saying that this is just 
just uh, the uh, a sample of comments on Bill Callahan, and some of this stuff is from uh, Washington, which is the last stop that Bill had before coming to Cleveland. And okay, this is a, here's a comment from Coach Mack. Says the most injured O line in Browns history. Don't disparage the efforts of those reserves who are stepping in, stepping up in every game. God bless Bill Callahan. Okay. And then this is also in response to somebody else's question about who deserves the most credit for the Browns' uh, success this season. And you get to choose between Stefanski, Jim Schwartz, and Justin Baker at JustBaker9 suggests that it is none other than Bill Callahan. And um, So I, I will jump in here and say that I think Bill, Bill Callahan is doing a terrific job. Nobody thought that Garon Christian was going to step in. I didn't even go to the guy's name for the first two weeks he played. I mean, it was just some guy in the, in the, in the offense there. Uh, you know, these guys deserve credit for doing a terrific job of holding up under pressure. They do a terrific job of playing over the level that they're expected. I think part of this is, is we expect these backups to not play well. Then when they play well, by play well, I mean they're doing enough to make you know Flacco safe in the pocket, and they're doing enough to gain an adequate amount on the on the run game, and you know that go that credit goes to the coaches and the players for getting prepared and ready to go. And I think it also speaks to the culture of this team, where they're out there willing to do whatever is necessary to win for each other. Yeah. By the way, I found a video in which uh, uh, Mr. Christian pronounces his name for the media, and he pronounces it Jaron. Jaron Christian. Like I said, I didn't know his name <laughs> until. Yeah, I've been, <laughs> it's still, I've been pronouncing it wrong all this time also. But anyway, uh, he's been doing a really good job on pass blocking. His grades for run blocking are not so great. So it, it seems like the Browns don't have the personnel to really sustain a running game, uh, the running backs have been kind of banged up and the tackles don't uh, run block very well, but they're better at pass blocking. And that goes for James Hudson over on the right side as well. All right, here's Chuck at Chuck uh, underscore three, four, four, five. And he says, okay, and he's responding to Dan Orlovsky, uh, the uh, famous quarterback uh, who wants to have uh, end zones changed to 12 yards deep instead of their current 10. <laughs> Coach Callahan gets some love. In this game, the the Browns were using their fourth and fifth tackles, third guard and third center. Whenever another Browns lineman goes down, every Browns fan quietly says to themselves, Bill Callahan. Okay, true. Okay. Okay, another vote for Bill Callahan from at Chris four nine five one five three three five. I think that was um, his um, prison number. I guess. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know what significance that number is. Okay, uh, Maslin dude at Fenton thirteen Fenton C thirteen. This is an appreciation tweet for Bill Callahan. He keeps trotting out new guys every week for that offensive line. Okay. Elliot, I got a question since you got your Twitter up here. Do you not follow McNeil? Um, At Reflog underscore 18. Do you not follow McNeil? I guess I don't. You should follow McNeil. Oh, McNeil. Come on, okay. man. 
follow him. Okay, there I am following him. I do follow him. You do now. I do now. Okay. What does McNeil have to say on this issue? Uh, this is some of the best Twitter you'll ever see is McNeil. So I'm just, okay. I'm just saying. You need, right, to, need to put him on, uh, on alert. Let's get him on the show. show. Let's get him on the show. McNeil. Yeah, I'll let you... I'll let you reach out to McNeil and see if you can get him. Okay, yeah, there were some other uh, uh, Twitters that I was looking at earlier this morning from Washington where they said, man, you know, that's, that's who we should have had as our head coach. Uh, he was the interim coach at Washington, by the way, and they uh, passed him by. So, anyway. All right, let's do one more tweet, and then we got to move on to something else. Okay. Um, okay, Brent Sobleski at Brent Sobleski. Backup, all pro, backup, all pro, backup. Still chugging along because Bill Callahan is a master. So, yeah, there's just tremendous amount of support for Bill Callahan. He is very much appreciated in the Cleveland community. And I, I think uh, that the Browns have been able to function with not only second string, but remember, these guys are third string mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Um James Hudson, the third, is not the second string offensive tackle over there on the right side. He is the third string guy. And Jared and, Christian uh, is the four. Is the fourth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's it's just amazing. Yeah, he's he's at least the fourth, maybe the fifth. I'll have to think about who all has been uh, set up to play there, but um uh, you know, there was one guy that they had, I forgot his name, but he was a 37-year-old guy that they had on the practice squad. He only played one snap and got injured. But um, uh, it's been a tough, tough season injury-wise for the Cleveland Browns. Of All right, course, Elliot, we're going we're gonna to move on here. We'll go for it. Take you down. We're going to go to commercial break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about other late 30s people who end up getting hurt. All right, hang on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and we're back. Ellie, do you remember way back in the preseason when we had that Jets guy on our podcast? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And I think one of the very first questions you asked him, which I thought, okay, this is never going to be reality, whatever, but... I'm telling you, you earned the name the Oracle all the way back in week two of, of preseason. You looked right at this guy. I don't even know his name. Looked right at the guy and said, aren't you concerned about trotting a 38-year-old quarterback out there that he's going to get hurt? And he said to us, oh, he's not getting hurt. And then like the third. No, the third man play, of iron. He's got Zen. The third play of the season, the dude goes out for the whole season. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? So yeah, and then and then then you looked at me and looked at him and said, by the time the Browns roll around to playing the Jets in week 17, Aaron Rodgers will be long hurt and nobody will be thinking about him. And that is exactly where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. The Oracle, 
the Oracle has spoken and well, it has come to fruition. It's not only that. And, and actually, though, there's a warning here. Uh, what I said, one of the things I said was that even if he were to be healthy, that old quarterbacks tend to perform poorly as the season goes on. And in particular, uh, playing on a Thursday is problematic that the guys that are like 24 years old are able to bounce back and play Thursday after a Sunday. A 39-year-old may have problems showing up on Thursday. Your body needs those extra days of recovery time. I would be concerned for Mr. Joe Flacco uh, playing on Thursday. That is a problem. It is also a problem that the Browns lost Dorian Thompson-Robinson due to injury. The Oracle has also said all along that in today's 17-game NFL season, the team needs to have three active quarterbacks on the 53-player roster. They also need to have a fourth quarterback on the practice squad that they need to train up on the playbook just in case. It's better to have a backup quarterback that knows the playbook rather than hire an emergency guy that does not know the playbook. The Browns are in a situation where you know none of their quarterbacks are particularly uh, robust. You've got a 38-year-old quarterback, which is better than a 39-year-old quarterback quarterback but he's still 38 years old he hasn't got the you know quite the wear and tear of a full season but he's still 38 years old you've got uh pj walker who is all of five foot ten and is therefore not as robust and durable as you'd like to have for a quarterback the other guy is out for the year there are there is no third string quarterback for the cleveland browns and the first two guys are injury risks this is stupid. This hey, I got is a question. Do stupid. we have a timetable on Dorian Thompson Robinson? I mean, is this the guy that could be back for the playoffs or, or well, is he I, just, I, are we I just think, looking at the two man horse here? I'm not sure what happens uh, on the IR, whether you get the reset after the season is over for the playoffs or not. Um, but he's out for the year. We're not going to see him again until at least the beginning of the playoffs. And even then, I don't know if, you know, there's like a four-week rule or something before you can bring back a player from the IR. But I do think that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is very capable uh, for a rookie. He has had a lot of experience with five years at a major college. But he is uh, only like 204 pounds or something. He's very small. He's smaller than Johnny, uh, yeah, Johnny Mazzle. Well, he is smaller than Johnny Manziel, but he's also smaller than Baker Mayfield. And um, I, I, I don't think I want to uh, have him be a full-time starter at the NFL level, but I think he could okay, be a very okay. good actor. I hear I, I got a, I found a sentence in a in an article by Anthony Moglin off of uh, Fan Nation Browns Digest that says. The earliest he could be available is the AFC Championship game if the Browns make it that far. So basically, we're uh -huh. all in on Flacco, and uh, let's just hope it all works out because <laughs> there ain't nothing coming down the pipe. I mean, I don't even know if they're back, or if they're 
quarterbacks so, on the street that PJ well okay we know two quarterbacks uh that we've identified that have had experience in the Stefanski system while with Cleveland uh, are you still going after this Gil- Garrett Gilbert situation that's the okay that's one of the two Do you I don't think the Garrett other Gilbert one? I don't think Garrett Gilbert was here. I thought we had this discussion before Garrett Gilbert wasn't here during the Stefanski era yes he was he wasn't here long, but he was the backup quarterback in okay. 2020, the Browns' playoff year. He was the backup um, for part of the season, then went on, uh, played against the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Dallas Cowboys, and almost won that game. Uh, you know, and he also started the game for the uh, Washington, whatever their name is, you're not allowed to say on TV. And, um, you know, perform credibly. That's not a good choice, but it's the only one that uh, has had experience in that system, except for there's one more. Do you know what it is? Who he is? Do you remember? No, I do not. It's a terrible choice. It's Josh Rosen. That's the oh, only other guy no. that. No. Or, or you can have. Oh wait, there's there is one other guy. That preseason guy. Um, it's a fourth string draft pick of uh, I think Miami. Um, but he's also, he, he didn't make it in the, uh, like XFL. Um, I can't think of his name, but anyway, uh, looking them all up, looking up the free he was a preseason right wonder. He did okay in preseason for the Browns though. Um, so Kyle Brown's quarterback. I don't know. I don't know. Kyle Allen? Kyle Lawletta. Kyle Lawletta. Kyle Lawletta. Yes. That's the guy he, from uh, just across the border in Indiana, I thought. Indiana? Oldham? How oh, good Kyle Lawletta. I thought he oh, played. He played uh, in for uh, Richmond, I think. Okay. Richmond, that's it. The Spiders. And uh, was drafted by the New York Giants. And he's got experience with the Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, Isn't Pittsburgh Maulers, and New Jersey Generals. But he didn't do well for the New Jersey Generals. And that, uh, I think I hold against him. So he played in the, or excuse me, yeah, he played in the USFL, started two games, and completed 49% of his passes for 270 yards, not a big data sample, but yeah, you know, that's who we've got to choose from that have experience, or you could go somebody that has no experience with the Stefanski system and just throw them out there, you know, f- hope you can find another Flacco. Well, he announced yeah. his retirement in September. So well, I think well, Luletta, Luletta is did. done. Yes, I think well, Luletta is done. Well, okay. So football has taken him as far as he can go and he is no longer doing it. Hey, let's oh. talk about the Jets on Thursday night here. What do you what are you anticipating? What do you think is gonna happen? Give me some some ideas and some content well, over the Jets. Uh, people despise uh, Trevor Simeon, but I believe that he has a very good football mind and he's been successful in the past. Playing for the New York Jets does not jumpstart your career. Um uh, but uh, they have an excellent defense. I think that uh, Coach Sala is a tremendous defensive mind. They have backups at at least three offensive line positions, just like the Cleveland Browns, maybe four. 
so yeah, they're in bad shape. Uh, that's not a good recipe to succeed against Miles and the boys uh, up front. I think they're in trouble offensively. Trevor Simeon does not have the mobility to escape the Browns' pass rush, but it could be uh, you know another case where the defenses help generate defensive scores and stuff like that. I do think that the Jets have some ability to compete against the Browns if the defense keeps them in the game. But, man, I hate the Jets. I just hate the Jets. I, mean, I guess so my stupid. question is just what are the Jets playing for, right? They're already eliminated from playoff contention. They're not winning their division. Pro football players are trained from birth to hate their opponent and to try to win. I don't believe that they will let down. I think just NFL teams quit all the time, Elliot. Yes, they do. They quit all the time. I don't don't think that they're going to quit. So, I mean, I I think you could make that case that uh, Robert Sala has got them in a position where they're not going to quit. Okay. But like they got nothing to play for except, I don't know, another win, a worse draft pick. I I don't know what they've got to play for. Yeah. Well, they won last week. So I, I give them a chance to. Well, that was before they were eliminated. They still had a chance at that point. No, they did not. Technically, they had a chance. The New York Jets, with uh, with eight losses, were going to make the playoffs. No, they had they had a, a mathematical possibility. Is what I'm saying. There's no chance. It's like uh, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber had a chance. You're saying there's a chance. They beat the Commanders. <laughs> you know the commanders aren't exactly top-notch football right now yeah well if the jets had uh the jets the jets knew that they were done and this was a team that got shut out by the dolphins 30 to nothing then they beat the commanders 30 to 28 and this is the same team. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett got four touchdowns against them. Remember, did you know that? Jacoby Brissett got to play in that game. He was great. You mean they benched Sam Howell? They did. <gasps> I they thought he up. was the answer to everything in Washington. What well, in the world? Well, As I call you're... them the tankers. The yeah, Washington tankers. Washington tankers, that's a good name for them. Well, you know, when you know that you're going to lose your job – you might as well play the backup quarterback and go down fighting. And so that's mm-hmm. what he that's what they did. And Jacoby was that's brilliant. Cool. So there's so many backup quarterbacks for the Browns that have played and done very well. Um, so yeah, the Browns are not the same Browns where all of their quarterbacks are losers. In fact, they, they never really were. They had good talent at the quarterback position. They just couldn't perform in Cleveland because the rest of the team was no good. Well, I'm going to say what I said all the time, and I constantly tell my son, who's like, the Browns got to do this, 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 this to make the playoffs. Like, no, you're missing the most important thing. The Browns need to come out and take care of business, and then they're going to make the playoffs. That's what this rolls down to. You come out, you win a football game, you're in the playoffs. All right, so I think there's some motivation on the Browns' side. They've been a motivated team. They've been a gelled team. They've been a confident team. They've been playing for each other when – you can hate people in the locker room and still play for the betterment of everyone else in the team. And that's what I think the Browns are doing. Not that I'm not saying they're hating people in the locker room. I'm just saying you can chemistry is overrated, right? (laughs) What you need is to go out there and play football. So the Browns are doing that. Right. And I don't know what the jets are doing right now. Like, like one week they're getting shut out the next week. They're fighting tooth and nail with the Washington commanders. 
for what? That's like the all, I want the first draft pick bowl over there. And they know they're going to lose that to Carolina. But, oh, my God, Carolina, let's not even talk about that. But, <laughs> by the way, let's talk about Carolina for a second, okay? So, if they got a franchise quarterback. Their troubles maybe, are over. Carolina needs to come up with a victory this week, okay? The Browns need to come out on Thursday night and take care of business. But if they don't, if Carolina can beat Jacksonville, who's not going to have Trevor uh, Lawrence, and Carolina's actually played decent against the Packers. Why do I care? Because if if the Browns lose, okay, and then then uh, Carolina can beat Jacksonville, the Browns are in the playoffs. There's all these playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there's all one kinds of them of is is if Jacksonville loses. There's one if Pittsburgh loses and they're playing uh, Seattle, right? And Pitts- I don't, I don't. If Pittsburgh loses, yeah, Pittsburgh is the only team that can. Um, go in ahead of the Browns from uh, our division. Yes. So, so there's like a number for Pittsburgh There's another one for if the Colts and the Texans or two of them in that division, both lose the Browns could lose and still make the playoffs. The, the point here being the Browns just need to go take care of business. But if they don't, I think the best shot is for Carolina to beat Jacksonville, believe it or not. And I think Bryce young is playing. I mean, he's got an arm. He's pretty accurate. He throws with anticipation, I think what he hasn't had this year is good coaching and shame on Josh McCown because he was not a good quarterback. Yeah, no, actually the Browns hold the uh, tiebreaker over uh, Jaguars anyway. But I um, think I think if the Jaguars the lose, Texans, the Texans. Um, what what it, what matters is if Pittsburgh um, is the uh, if, if Pittsburgh ties the Browns. What matters is that the Texans hold the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. So if the Texans uh, win out, they would go, and then Pittsburgh would go. So that's the only combination that results in um, the Browns. Well, there's these scenarios people are putting out there. A lot of them is. or I worked it it out. Watch my show. It's all worked out. The only way that that happens. Listen to the Oracle. Yeah, the, right, Elliot, the we're, Jackson, we're... Jacksonville can't can't um, beat us for a wild card. Okay, so we're up on time. You got any parting thoughts? Uh, I hate the Jets. I hope the Browns kill them. I feel like uh, Flacco deserves to beat the Jets and pummel them. Revenge um, game. Nothing is 100% in the NFL, so I'm not going to make a prediction on the game. I do note that the Browns were favored by uh, seven. I think that's a reasonable spread. And um, I think it's going to be an awesome game. Um, go Browns. Okay, I'm going to echo Kevin Stefanski here. Don't get so hammered at the parking lot that you can't support the team in the game. I think he's been <laughs> watching too many of those tweets where, like, Browns fans are falling asleep, passing out. <laughs> that kind of thing. I think that's what Stefanski's watching. So, yeah, um, we I, want. I let me, can I say this? We want rowdy drunks. Not sleepy ones. Yes, rowdy drunks. So, <laughs> so hey, Jeez. go out there, support the team. Going in the all white, which you know, say what you will about those white helmets. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that with the white helmets. But uh, I think the Browns just come out, take care of business, and they'll be okay. Okay, just just come out, win your game, and you're fine. I think the last thing the Browns want to be doing is trying to 
beat the Cincinnati Bengals week 18 to make the playoffs. I don't think that's a good scenario for the Browns. I don't like that scenario because that gives the Bengals something to play for. And I think we're just better off just wrapping it up right now on Thursday night by our own hand. So, all right, everybody appreciate you listening. Go out and have an awesome new year. And I think we'll be back uh, a couple days after new year's. So then we will know exactly what the outcome of that jets game is. And we'll know exactly what happened with all the tiebreakers. So we will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Browniacs. Please like and follow us on Spotify and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Go Browns!